0: And now, Capital 263.
1: Hello, viewers. Welcome to yet another exciting show. Uh, that's the road to 2018 elections. My name is Lab Jem Tumbiza. I'm your host. And in the studio today, uh, we have um, Dr. Noah Manika, uh, who is running, with uh, the president of Build Zimbabwe Alliance, uh, popularly known as Biza. You know, they've been making noises. <laughs> uh, so, visa. Right? <laughs> um, Manika. Dr. Manika, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you so much, lovejoy. It's an honor to be here. All
1: right. Uh, uh, to get into the program, may you just maybe give us a short uh, biograph of yourself?
0: Well, I was, uh, I'm a Zimbabwean full-blooded Zimbabwean. (laughs) 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 Born here, went to school here, um, until I got to college level when I left the country and, uh, you know, went to different, uh, countries to study like most people. (laughs) They came back home and, um, Again, like most people, struggled with some of the things that were going on in our country with uh, a lot of hope in 1980. Um, but as you know, uh, something happened um, along the way. Mm-hmm. And there are many Zimbabweans who ended up leaving the country and spending uh, significant amounts of time uh, outside. And uh, I'm one of those. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Kumusha, uh, <laughs> Kumusha, and you're back, yeah, and, and I'm back. And, and uh, you know, your back is the, that
1: uh, horse. That is it, is it a dark horse or is it just a horse?
0: No, it's a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a dark horse. You know, it's a it's a horse full of hope and promise and strength and uh, courage. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, it's uh, really wonderful to be back home and to be part. Of this new awakening that's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think it's a cross-generational awareness. Um, I think a lot of people are realizing that we have a responsibility to fix our country. No one is going to do it for us. Mm -hmm. We have to do it ourselves.
1: So let's talk about uh, BZ, uh, uh, Beauty Zimbabwe Alliance, BZA. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it about? What does it stand for? Well, what necessitated do you to come up with this project? So, you know, over the years, one of the things that has been really become a
0: burden for me uh, is the fact that we have so much talent in Zimbabwe. We have so many people who are well qualified to make our country work, to make our companies work, to make our institutions work. People who are well-educated, well-trained, well-exposed, We have a lot of Zimbabweans running some very significant institutions overseas. And then we have some uh, incredible Zimbabweans even here, even when you go into the informal sector. The informal sector is replete with Zimbabweans uh, who are doing very, very creative things under very, very difficult conditions. We have what it takes to make this uh, a great country. And then you add on top of that, uh, all the natural resources that we have. We have what it takes for Zimbabwe not to be where it is uh, right now. Now, the question is, why are we not there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, And uh, when you look at it, Uh, Part of the problem is that uh, even some of the political formations which are there, uh, you know, people look at uh, these political formations and uh, the political culture in our country and they say, you know what, I am not even going to bother trying to get into politics uh, because, you you know, it's really not about solving the problems of the country. So we started really seriously thinking about a platform for all those Zimbabweans who really want to bring about change. And, you know, can we provide that platform for somebody who has never been in politics, but who says, you know what, I truly believe that I could be the best councillor in my community. I could be the best MP in my community. And you verify that. So you offer them a political platform, uh, you know, to actually do that. And uh, that's what the Build Zimbabwe Alliance is all about. We are there to ensure that there is an unprecedented mobilization of Zimbabweans everywhere. Uh, to be part of determining the uh, direction of our country and rebuilding it and uh, you know what Uh, you go to some uh, political formations and you're going to be asked you know how many years have you spent in the party structures Uh, what has that got to do with your competency what has that got to do with your ability uh, to deliver services so the build Zimbabwe alliance is is about that so
1: What we did before we we came for this uh, program is we posed some questions to to, to people. And, uh, no, in fact, we we asked them what they want to ask you. And one of the things that they want to know is why are you wasting your time? That's, That's what they're saying. Why are you wasting your time participating now in 2018 when you have a chance to participate in, 20
0: th- in 2023? Yeah, who says we have a, a, a chance oh, okay, to... Okay, this to... is uh, the
1: social media guys? <laughs> yeah, no, what
0: I'm saying is, who says we have a chance to participate in 2023 if we don't participate in 2018? Mm-hmm. You, you know, this idea, and, and this is something really in our culture which we really have to address. This idea of always postponing your destiny. <laughs> you, know, you know, saying it's not, ah, you know, you're wasting your time. This is not the time yet. Who says it's not the time? It's PF, actually, which has been saying it's not the time for the past 37 years. It's not the time. All you guys are too young. Uh, you don't have liberation war credentials. You need to let all those people die first before you actually build your country. And, and you know, it's, it's uh, really interesting when you hear people saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not wasting my time. I'm fighting for my country. And it is worth my time, my resources And everything uh, that I'm putting into it and all the other people who are working with me, uh, it's worth our effort and our resources.
1: Interesting. Um, You recently launched your manifesto. That's uh, over the weekend. Uh, Can you take us through? that manifesto, what's in it, what's in it for Zimbabweans, what's in it for
0: Zimbabweans in the diaspora? So, uh, you know, there, there are two parts to our manifesto. The, the, the substantial part, which is the second part, uh, contains our 10-point plan, mm-hmm. some of the things that we would do uh, in the event uh, that we are actually elected into office. Uh, the first part of it, which is very short, is about uh, making sure that we have an incredible social contract where we choose as Zimbabweans to need each other where we actually have a commitment to making sure that every Zimbabwean can give their fullest uh, to the rebuilding of our country. So, uh, you know, we're very, very uh, concerned about that issue, the issue of uh, making sure that we have a social contract in Zimbabwe where everyone feels welcome. It doesn't matter that you're from Bulawayo, doesn't matter that you are from Harare, it doesn't matter that you are black, you're white, you're Ndebele, you're Shona. Uh, it doesn't matter that you have um, um, your parents maybe migrated from Malawi many, many years ago, but you've always been a citizen, even though uh, lately you were told that. Uh, you were not so the issue of a social contract a unique social contract where we choose to need each other is really really critical uh for us so that's part of the work that we've been doing just making sure that we uh, reach out to all Zimbabweans Zimbabweans who are here Zimbabweans who are in the diaspora you mentioned you know what is in it for the diaspora one of the things that really really frustrates me right now is that, uh, you know, since uh, what happened in November happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's almost like uh, people are saying, ah, you know, there's, there's an apathy that has even begun to set in uh, with, with in some groups. The diaspora needs to be fighting for its right to vote. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I know that we're coming to the end of the registration process. There are all kinds of excuses that have been given about how difficult it is and so on. But remember when you went to register, if you went to register, I hope you did. I did, I yeah. did. <laughs> uh, you went in and there was this guy sitting there with a lap Mm-hmm. And there's this little machine that captures your your, your, your fingerprints, and then they print you a slip. You can put that thing in a suitcase, and you can send it to one of our embassies there. And it doesn't take much for somebody to actually be sitting there and registering Zimbabweans so that they can participate in the process of rebuilding their country. Mm -hmm. And and then you hear the excuse, it's expensive. The moment you hear someone in government saying that, you know, they are looking for someone to uh, set aside a huge amount of money so that somebody can actually get something. And so it's not that expensive, you know. uh, And it's time we Zimbabweans uh, refused uh, some of those excuses. So anyway, this social contract, we must have this social contract which says every Zimbabwean is valuable.
1: What there? Uh, is your theory there? Is Build Zimbabwe a socialist movement?
0: Build Zimbabwe is that our ideology? You mean? Yeah. No,
1: no, no. no. Are, you, we're, are, we're not, are you based on, on on socialism?
0: No, we're not based on socialism. We are based on Zimbabweanism. <laughs> Some of these labels really, you know, don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I can tell you, I lived in a socialist and communist country for, country for uh, for three years, and people were suffering. In that country. And there are capitalist countries where people are suffering as well. So, you know what? You have got to develop an ideology which puts the needs of the uh, citizen first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, <laughs> there are elements in every ideology where, you know, the government extends a helping hand to people and so on. There's the elements of welfare. But you have got to unleash the creative potential of your people and harness it and direct it and resource it so that uh, their well being can actually be. Um, Uh, uh,
1: So in the following, maybe in the next two, three weeks or or months, we we, we are going to witness a lot of manifestos coming in. Yes. And you have just launched yours now. Mm -hmm. And probably people are going to use yours as a template. Mm -hmm. But what's in it that makes it outstanding that makes it you know very different from the rest that, that are going to be coming up
0: well so here, here's the thing i've got to uh, do a, a bit of a disclaimer here because you know what anyone can come up with mani- a manifesto yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know we we know what our country needs so we can tailor our message to the things that we know that our country needs the issue is not even the things that we write necessarily but it's the people who actually affect what you write? So that's why you hear me saying the most important thing that we have in Zimbabwe, that we have to deal with in Zimbabwe, is the leadership problem. If we have the right leaders, then you know the ideas that are put out there can be uh, appropriately implemented. But anyway, here some of uh, the highlights of our manifesto, uh, if you would like to, uh, to to know. Number one, we are committed to making sure that we can totally cut down, radically cut down, non-productive public spending. And uh, what does that mean? That means reducing the number of government ministries to 15. Okay, all right. and, and that means eliminating... And we have 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's some progress mm-hmm. from what we had before. Uh, you know, so eliminating all deputy minister positions because they are pointless, and a waste of money. And the office of second vice president and reducing the size of the legislature to pre-2013 levels. You, you know, each province right now has an average of, uh, it carries the burden of about 30-something legislators because in addition to the 210 uh, constituency MPs, we have with senators and then we have non-constituency MPs and, and, and so on. And if you divide the 300-something uh, legislators uh, by the 10 provinces, there's a burden of over 30. That, that's ridiculous. Uh, so those are some of the things that we would address. Uh, so that's point number one in our 10-point plan. Okay. Uh, and uh, okay, yeah, maybe right. before you
1: move on to the next yeah. one, I, you talked about removing the office of the second vice president. Mm-hmm. Why would you do
0: that? Well, you, you know, why do we need the, the office of the uh, second vice president? Listen, there are some things which were translated from ZANU PF's own internal issues and then they became national. national. Yeah, and then the national the, the, the taxpayer has to carry the burden of the issues that are ZANU PF issues. Look, there's is a difference here between the party called OPF and the state. The state, yeah. yeah. and, you know, whether we, we, we like it or not, that's one of the challenges that we've had in our country that we've got to deal with. You know, why, why do we need a second vice president? You, you know.
1: Okay, all right. Maybe you can move on to the next one.
0: So we'll aggressively promote and defend the constitutional rights and liberties of every Zimbabwean without fear. Yes, absolutely. That, that's really important. You know, if you if you're going to have a fully functioning democracy where people can give their all to the advancement of your country, they have to feel that they are protected. And, you know, government has to go out of its way to actually protect people, even those people who oppose it. Uh, You know, it's it's your responsibility as a government. And then you create an environment where people can then freely uh, give uh, and they can give fully of themselves. And they can also become Advocates for your country even outside, so it's, it's really, really critical uh, that we um, defend aggressively and promote the constitutional rights and liberties of every Zimbabwean okay. without right. fear or favor. All right, All right. Uh,
1: but, but, but how critical? As uh, someone who has stayed in the in, in the diaspora for mm-hmm. a long time, how critical are the diasporans? In- So
0: the development of the economy. This is one question that um, is is such an important question. And I'm I'm really glad that you you posed it. Every citizen is critical. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Every citizen. Because from their vantage point, there is something that they can do for the nation. You know, actually, if you're talking specifically about the diaspora, that in the past uh, 37 years, really, well, you know, maybe starting 10 years into independence, you know, the past two decades or something, they are the ones who have really kept this country going with their remittances. Yeah, And, you know, how can anyone disenfranchise a, a group of people which has really been the healthcare system for our country, because the funeral system for our country, the pension system for our country. And how can that group not be important? You know? And how can we treat it you know, in an offhand uh, manner? So you know, as far as I'm concerned, every citizen is important. Every citizen has something to offer. And this is the kind of culture in, uh, th- that we must create.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. Um. Before we move on to the next one, yeah. the ten point uh, no, no, not not the ten point plan. Yeah. I see that your your manifesto has got the first hundred uh, days, yes. uh, the, the hundred day plan. Mm-hmm. If and when elected, I don't know which one would you would take. Is it if or when? <laughs> 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 if and when elected, mm. what are you, what are your most um, uh, uh, what? Uh,
0: Critical things. Critical that we'll things do, that you're
1: going to address in the
0: first Yeah, well, so, you know, one of the things, in fact, one of them uh, flows from this point uh, that I just made about aggressively promoting right. yes. and uh, uh, defending the constitutional rights of every Zimbabwean. We've got to actually create a civil rights division in the Attorney General's office to uphold the civil and constitutional rights of all Zimbabweans. It's got to be done right at the beginning because, you know, there's a conversation that you have to have with Zimbabweans um, if you're going to have an effective government. And people have to actually feel emboldened uh, to have that conversation in the first 100 days. You've got to make sure that POSA, this whole idea that if three or four people are congregated there, you need police clearance and and all that. You've got to send a a signal that it's over now. That is not needed anymore. You do not need police clearance in order for you to meet and discuss the issues of your country. So, you know, you repeal POSA, you repeal all these uh, IEPI and all of that. You you repeal them in the first 100 days. Because you need to have that conversation with the Zimbabwean people. You need to have that conversation with other political parties, actually, about some of the things that you have to implement in the first 100 days. So, for instance, one of the things that we have said is that there must be an expansion of the pool from which uh, a president picks his uh, cabinet ministers. Why is that important? The the important thing is, you know, we we have this system in our country, which is really, really terrible, even for good governance. So you have MPs who are ministers, so they're members of the executive, even as they're members of the legislature. How do they hold themselves accountable? And, And now. Capital 263. So, you know, you, you were talking about some of the important things to be accomplished in the first hundred days. You know, the, the the first thing, obviously, and this relates to the social contract I was talking about earlier, we have to engage uh, Zimbabweans in a very, very important conversation about where we are going and some of the plans that we have. And so the very first things that Zimbabweans want to feel is that they are free to have this conversation with their leaders. So, actually, point number two in our ten-point plan is really, really critical to implement uh, within the first hundred uh, days. Make sure that people understand that they are free. There's, the re- you know, repeal AIPA, get, get uh, 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 rid of the uh, of Porsa and oh, all sorry, that. This whole idea that people need police clearance to uh, just three, four, five people need police clearance to sit down and talk about uh, the, the development of their country is ridiculous. And it's time that citizens, it wasn't assumed that citizens are criminals, hmm. you know. So you decriminalize the political process so that we can have some of these hard conversations. So one of the things that um, you know I, I mentioned is that we want, for instance, to expand the pool from which the president uh, selects, uh, selects people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that important? Because what we have right now is a, a, a crazy situation where someone is an MP and uh, they are also in the executive. So you don't have a clear separation of powers. So how do you hold somebody who is your colleague in parliament accountable when they are also a minister and stuff like that? So some of those conversations we need to have with the citizens of Zimbabwe, with other political parties that, hey, guys, let's do something to change our constitution so we can actually have the kind of governance in this country which really protects your democratic rights and which also ensures that we can do things um, efficiently.
1: All right. I must say um, I'm getting a message clearly, uh, loud and clear. It's, It's very appealing to me. Right? But are you taking this message to the ordinary person, uh, let's say in the rural uh, areas, are you taking the, the same message? In a simpler way. Absolutely. And, and how are they receiving the message?
0: Absolutely. But let me say something about what you just said. You said in a simpler way, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you, you, you know, one of the things which, is, which has been disheartening for me mm-hmm. is the assumption by some of us uh, that, you know, we understand things better, better than, than the ordinary Zimbabwean. You know what? There's something wrong with that. I was out in the rural areas yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, deep in the rural areas, Kwasadza, mm-hmm. you know. I was talking to a very an elderly lady uh sweet sweet mother and i started hearing this woman actually providing her political analysis and i was stunned she knew what she was talking about look there's something about going through 37 years of suffering that causes a person even in the rural areas to know that we have a leadership problem and to really also dig deep uh into some of these issues and 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 be thinking about solutions so yeah uh, but having said that obviously we have to make sure that we can communicate what we are saying to people at the level that they understand it. And, uh, you know, someone was asking me earlier, uh, you know, why haven't you focused on just being in the press and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And I said, mm-hmm. no, 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 listen, we have wanted to be on the ground, out there in the rural areas, doing what we are doing, explaining things to people, and then at the right time, actually then uh, uh, being in, the, in this public space called uh, the media.
1: All right. You, you, you're saying uh, Zimbabwe has got a leadership problem. Mm-hmm. So... The problems that we're facing as a country, are they emanating from that? That we are, we, we are facing a leadership problem? We are facing a leadership and problem. And are you the right person, the right leader that we are looking for?
0: Well, that's something that people have got to judge from the things that I say and from the things that I do. <laughs> uh, you know, this idea of self-promoting and just saying I'm the right person. But you're you marketing know, yourself.
1: You see, it's election time. Oh, Did yeah.
0: You... Oh, yeah. This is what I'm doing now. So <laughs> if people can hear what I'm saying and then make their decision about whether these ideas are the best, that's democracy. But, but let me go back to this whole issue of a leadership problem. You know, one thing that is really free- frightening right now we have a seriously historic moment in front of us Mm -hmm. because we've had 37 years of dysfunction Mm -hmm. and we have an opportunity to rebuild our country and one of the things that people say is well let's give these guys a A chance chance. right Uh, we have just come in let me ask you this you know there's something that was circulating on whatsapp Mm -hmm. which I i thought was fantastic and it says zimbabweans must ask When $15 billion from diamonds went missing, Mm -hmm. who were mining at Chiadzwa? And the answer to that is the Zimbabwe National Army was there too. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, then Mm -hmm. the second question is, who was the minister of defense then?
1: (laughs) And the answer is (laughs) Edunungagwa, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And it says, who was the commander of the army? And the answer is our current vice president, uh, Chiwenga. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Who was the minister of mines then?
1: Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, Orbit Orbit Impulse. Impulse,
0: right. right. Who was the minister of home affairs then? Yeah,
1: uh, that's... Uh, Kembo, Kembo. Mohadi.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, guys. But... Uh, here's, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Desmond Tutu said at one time, none so blind as those who wish not to see. If you choose not to see, you won't see. The, the facts are behind us. Now, if you... Uh, if you're telling me, Lovejoy, mm-hmm. that these are the people that you would feel uh, <laughs> comfortable, right, with determining w- what should happen in the country. Uh, Lovejoy is, a, look, is, 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 is somebody who has met you and, you know, and exchanged some mm-hmm. messages with you and I, I think you're really normal and so on. I would worry about you if the conclusion is that these very same people are the ones who can take this country Uh, where you really think it should be. Now, here's another thing as well. You know, who was advising Mugabe? Because a lot of people look at this and say, well, Mugabe is gone now. Let's give these people a chance. Who was, are you you telling me that Mugabe was actually acting just on his own advice? Just on his own advice. He had
1: criminals around him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which ones?
0: (laughs) You know, so um, it's really, really critical. And then, you know, you know what happened? He was removed. Uh, through the army intervening and so on. And if Mugabe was ubiquitous, he was everywhere, he knew everything that was going on, how come he was not alerted? Uh, he, he didn't know that this was coming and that what he was doing was dangerous uh, for him. So there has was always been in this country kind of like a parallel system uh, uh, going on. So it's up to you. You know, your general, if, you know, if I could ask you, uh, um, Lovejoy, one I, question uh-huh. I could ask you,
1: right? My uh-huh. age? Yes. I'm very young. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> 25, actually. You are 25. Mm-hmm. Isso so um... e Perhaps uh, in in your, in your adult life, you've never had a reference point in Zimbabwe of a functioning Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe of course, definitely, yeah. So a, a Zimbabwe way, you can actually um, go to a bank and apply for a loan and get a mortgage, uh, you can actually have saves, You can actually have paid up permanent shares uh, at uh, some of these uh, founders' building societies that we used to have, mm-hmm. uh, which don't exist anymore. Beverly Building Society and people used to have savings at POSB. So if I were to ask you at twenty five. Are you convinced that these are the guys who would make sure that you are going to be able to build a house and finish it? You're going to be able to pay school fees for your children. If your elderly parents get sick, you're going to be able to provide health care. If you're convinced, then vote for them. But I am not <laughs> convinced. We are in. A, this is a very historic moment for us. And I
1: think that Zimbabweans need to vote the facts, not their emotions. All right. Interesting. This is the program, uh, the Road to 2018 elections um, with uh, Dr. Noah Manika, who is the president of Build uh, Zimbabwe Alliance, one of the several political parties that are going to be contesting for the 2018 uh, elections. I think probably we now have about 69, 70, somewhere there, uh, We are going to be taking part in the elections. So, uh, Dr. Manyika, <coughs> uh, you, you were just mentioning about uh, uh, the events of the November 15th historic day. Do we endorse uh, the current government? No,
0: that's not my job.
1: You, you see, I, I, <laughs> it's As a as citizen, you, not no, as a no, politician. No, you, don't, you don't endorse a, a, mm-hmm.
0: a government. You choose your leaders, you know. Uh, am I against... Are you happy with what happened? I'm happy with the removal of Robert Mugabe, of course. And the new dispensation? No, 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 no. I, that's not my job. That's not my job. My job as a citizen is to canvass for uh, people who will actually make sure that we have the country that we need. I'm not here to sanitize mm-hmm. uh, the record of uh, people like Mnangagwa. So I'm, I'm not. And, mm. you know, to be honest with you, I refuse to, that, to do that at any interview. All know. right.
1: Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, let's say uh, President Mnangagwa goes on to win the election. Yeah. And he chooses to, to you to be part of his cabinet. Would you work with him?
0: No, I, won't, I, I, I will not be part of any Why cabinet. Why is that true? so? Of any cabinet. Why would I be? I mean, I'm not a ZANU PF person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am not convinced. Like inclusivity, maybe? Well, inclusivity is not the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you have to have competent government and you have to have a government that feels for its people. So, you know, I was saying to um, uh, some of our uh, guys the other day, Let's take, for instance, the issue of what happened in Matebeleland. I saw the interviews uh, that uh, the president had when he was in De- Davos. Mm-hmm. I, I saw mm-hmm. those. Yes, we and I was that very, that. very troubled mm-hmm. by those interviews. Because, look, what happened in Matebeleland happened. If you're right? talking about the good ground. Yes. yes. We all know it happened, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and this idea of quibbling with the numbers and saying, well, maybe yes, <laughs> 20,000, 20, 20, 20, Look, Look, that's ridiculous. And also, you know what? As somebody who belongs to the tribe, which did not bear a brand, the brunt of what happened in Blue Air, some of us were complicit with our silence. And then me, myself, as a young journalist, you know, when I was training as a young journalist, one of the things that we we're being trained to do, uh, it was to tore the party line and to make sure that we really rubbished Joshua Nkomo and said he was a bad man and whatever the government was doing was not right. Now, you know what? We have to have the decency to say, even if we didn't actually pull the trigger and kill, we have to say we're sorry, Mm. because Mm. some of our citizens are hurting. Mm -hmm. And what worries me is if you don't have leaders who have the decency to say that to people who lost relatives, chances are those people don't really care about someone who is suffering from poverty. You, you know, you, you have got to be empathetic as a leader. And, you know, the fact that you say you are sorry doesn't diminish you in any way. And,
1: and, and you know, it doesn't make you culpable for some horrendous consequences, but you know, unless
0: you're actually... Was the
1: president a... supposed to, to say sorry in, in Europe or he's supposed to say you sorry You say despite... sorry anyway. I
0: mean, didn't Zimbabwe when people uh, watch that interview he might have been in Europe but the people in
1: Zimbabwe were watching probably the maybe there, there there there's some more better channels to, to, to follow than there's, just to randomly say sorry there is you know that that wasn't random i mean you know when
0: you're a president and you are you're given that platform the answers you give are never random mm-hmm. you know that wasn't random you know and you you're always preparing when you go for the interviews mm-hmm. that those questions will come up particularly if you know that those are the issues i mean i don't know if you watched some of the um, uh, meetings that happened in blue whale and just uh, the level of emotion
1: when it yes, came to I the, Okra it, uh, the thing some documentaries yes mm-hmm.
0: and look it's high time if we are going to b- build a serious social contract in this country and move forward in, in fact that's one of the things that the president himself was saying let's move, let's forward. move forward well move. say sorry so that we can move forward mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you, you don't postpone uh, the conversation that we must have, the very serious conversation that we must have as Zimbabweans, uh, simply because you're on a platform which is So, in Europe. if
1: you were in issues, you just simply say sorry and then move on. No, no, uh, it's not just
0: a. You don't stop there mm-hmm. uh, because that is the how, beginning. How, how
1: would you? Uh, how do you plan rather uh, uh, plan to solve uh, that? that war era, that war issue, the background issue. You you have got to accept the
0: responsibility that you have as a fellow citizen. If you kept quiet when your fellow citizens were being harmed, you have got to say sorry. And sometimes citizens, you know, you'll be amazed that the reason why some of the people who are hurt end up demanding some other things is because the very basic things that we're supposed to do as human beings just to say Say to each other, I feel your pain. Mm -hmm. We don't do it. You know, and we, we think that there are some people who don't deserve that, and, and that's very wrong. So that's, that's just your starting point. And then beyond that, the engagement that unfolds is something that unfolds and, you know, you give people the right to speak, uh, to say, you know, how they were hurt, and to ask for whatever they, they, they want to ask. Uh, is their democratic right? And you go through the process as a government, of seeing exactly what you can do to make sure that the hurts uh, that were inflicted on some uh, people are addressed.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I think that's another discussion that we would want to bring you back and maybe some other partners involved, uh, stakeholders involved in in, in this whole healing process. Maybe we can also ask uh, the National Peace and Reconciliation Commission to maybe come and uh, we talk about that. Um, Let's talk about the alliance. Why are you not part of an alliance? No, you, you see, and that's the other thing as well. we are
0: actually an alliance ourselves. <laughs> you saw that in our name, right? We are an alliance with the citizens of Zimbabwe yeah, who yeah. want to bring about change. And, you know, never assume that uh, one of the things about our political formation, and we've been very, very disciplined from the start, uh, we, we just don't go out there and talk about the conversations we are having, strategic conversations we are having uh, with others. And uh, it's very tempting to do that to uh, score political mileage. But there are conversations which should be heard and handled discreetly and where where you really go out there and find out what the other people who might want to work with you really represent uh, so that you don't shortchange these Zimbabwean people. And you're not just involved in this uh, media circus Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. So, look, we are an alliance ourselves. We're a platform that invites every Zimbabwean. We're allied with the people of Zimbabwe. We're a platform that invites Zimbabweans who want to really bring about political change uh, to utilize this platform. But if We're also not precluding mm-hmm. uh, other uh, political formations who may want to be part of the Build Zimbabwe mm-hmm. Alliance.
1: Okay, so b- let's say the MDC Alliance uh, invites you to be part of the alliance. Would you go? Would you... No, e- everything needs to be on the basis of what is best for the Zimbabwean people. Okay. What is it that we can
0: accomplish? You know, I used to say this at the beginning because people were talking about this grand coalition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, what is grand about it? Are you just talking about numbers? or you're talking about something that would truly inspire the Zimbabwean people to participate in the political process, to vote in massive numbers, and beyond that, to continue being engaged in the process of building our country that's a grand coalition mm-hmm. so I think um, you know just being uh, coming together doesn't mean that you're going to win an election mm-hmm. just coming together doesn't mean that you're going to mobilize uh, enough people to participate in the election so
1: speaking of numbers um, I was doing my math my math is not that bad mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think about 2.3 or 2.5 somewhere mm-hmm. there million mm-hmm. votes are needed for one to win the presidential elections mm-hmm. do you have the numbers no, that's why you campaign. <laughs> you
0: don't come to an election uh-huh. and you say, I've got 2.6 million <laughs> people in my bank, which is why I've always found it ridiculous uh-huh. when people say to you, oh, you know, you, you might split the vote and ask them, which yeah, vote? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which one? Uh, who, which vote? So I, I guess all these other political parties <laughs> have a pocket of people that, that they true. have, you know, and they're afraid that I'm going to come in. Uh, it's ridiculous. That's the whole point of campaigning. That's the whole point of democracy. You present to the people your plans, your candidates, and people make a judgment and they say, we are going to vote for you. So, yeah, uh, here's what I can say. Mm -hmm. We are confident that we're going to have the numbers. The numbers. The Uh, 2.345. We are confident that we're going to have the numbers and we don't take that for granted, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's why we work. We work very hard. I have an incredible, incredible campaign team. Mm -hmm. Very, very disciplined, stays on task does not get distracted by all the hullabaloo that's going on around them. And sometimes, you know, it can uh, look like something that disadvantages us. But you know what? We know where the votes are, and we're going where the votes are, (laughs) and we're going to work there. They're not on social media. Mm -hmm. All right, (laughs) all right, all right. The majority of votes are not on social media. Uh, So we we go where the the votes are, and you're going to be seeing more and more of that coming into the public uh, now that we're we're doing open meetings.
1: All right. The president said we are going for for an election before July. That Mm -hmm. means we have got about uh, six or less months before the elections. Mm -hmm. And uh, we look at Zach. They don't have a commissioner right now. A chairperson? Chairperson. Right. What's your take on that? Are they in a position to be delivering a, a credible, a free and fair election with where we are right now mm-hmm. and the time that's left between now and the elections?
0: Well, you see, this is the thing that we're fighting against, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This whole idea that one political party monopolizes um, the you know, building of processes and structures to deliver our freedom. And that's, that's been the problem right from the beginning. You know, so... Um, We we continue uh, pressing uh, for them to make the changes that are necessary. But look, at the end of the day, uh, it's the pressure from the Zimbabwean people, the pressure of the Zimbabwean people turning out in exceedingly great numbers to actually vote. Uh, That, I think, will be the ally uh, of all of us who want to bring about change uh, to press for an, an, uh, an, uh, an, uh, the right outcome. Uh, now, let me also add here uh, something that uh, we, we all uh, seem to kind of overlook sometimes. Mm-hmm. The 2008 elections were stolen. All
1: right. Yeah, that's public knowledge. That's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. By who?
0: Who were the people who, were actually, uh, who actually made sure that Mugabe remained in power? the current president in the military establishment. We know that. Like, again, as I said, uh, Desmond Tutu says, if you choose not to yes, see, yeah. then you're blind, right? None so blind as those who choose not to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's obvious that, uh, you know, we are not necessarily trusting the structures that are, that are there or the people that are supertending it. We know that they will tr- try to do yeah, the everything. Best is, What's that? And I'm saying, you, you, the best is to, yes. you know, where we, you're coming from? Yeah. Well, you know, so we don't trust we don't trust them, you know. But we trust the Zimbabwean people, and we also trust that the Zimbabwean people are ready to fight for their vote uh, to be heard, and we're doing everything in our power to uh, to, to to make that.
1: Happen. All right. Um. Uh, as we try to wrap up the program, I know you, men, probably have got various engagements. There have been some calls for electoral reforms, from especially from the opposition front. Um. They want electoral reforms before the election, but uh, it seems as if The ruling party or the government of the day is not badging. Mm. We have a problem. Yes. How do you come in? How do you plan to solve that? You know, I love that question. (laughs) You know, that question makes it so easy for me Mm -hmm. to
0: reiterate my earlier point. Mm -hmm. And these are the people who are supposed to give a second chance? I mean, really? Seriously? Because it's obvious to you as a journalist, they're not budging, right? <laughs> you know, it's obvious to, and this is one of the things that really, really worries me about some of the people that we thought were with us in the fight for democracy in this country. People from countries with long established traditions of democracy who are so giddy mm. about this presidency and are saying, yeah, yeah, you know what? People need to shut up and give this presidency a chance. Really, really? Um, I, I think these are some of the things that we need to expose and, and, and to shame people. Uh, who think that we Africans would, be, would do a lot of harm to ourselves if we have full democracy. And that shouldn't be acceptable to us. The other thing is that, I, you know, and I say this to young people, I appeal to young people, and I say, <laughs> this is your moment. Maybe you don't have a reference uh, of a country that fully functions. But this idea that Jave uh, uh, you Nani know, is not good enough you owe it to yourself to fight for full democracy in this, in, 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 the, in, in this time and to actually be part of the leadership change that
1: has to happen in our country. Mm. All right. Um, leadership change. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I, I think I asked that. Then foreign policy. Mm-hmm. What's your foreign policy like? <laughs> yeah,
0: the, that's a, another question that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, what is our foreign policy like? You know that every country um, really must function in the best interest of its people, mm-hmm. so what does China do? China thinks ahead and it says, "Hey, you know what? I want to develop. I want the inside track when it comes to relationships with African countries. So I'm going to build the headquarters of the African Union in them and give give them a gift. And the moment I do that, I have an inside track when it comes to relationships with them. If I want deals, of course I'm going to get those deals. See, that's the that's astute foreign policy making." You, you, you ask yourself, what is in the best interest of my, my people? I must have the relationships with other countries that advantage my people. So the Chinese do that, and they do that at our expense. It's not just the Chinese who do that, it's the Americans, it's the British, it's every country uh, which has astute leadership. And our foreign policy must start with what is in the best interest of our people? What are the relationships? that can benefit our people, that enable us, for instance, to be able to be highly productive in the agricultural sector, that enable us to really beneficiate our mining resources, that enable us to have markets outside there. What's, what's, what are those relationships like? And one of the things that we have said in our manifesto, for instance, you will notice that uh, where we had a Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs before, we call ours Ministry of International Cooperation and Trade.
1: Okay, And uh, it, more it, like American.
0: Yeah, we, we want to change the mindset. Uh, of of those people who are foreign policy practitioners in this country. And we also want to make sure that we have shrewd diplomats everywhere who understand that they're not just political representatives or guardians of past relationships that our government had during the liberation struggle, Mm -hmm. which really don't benefit our people now. We need people who advocate for our country from an economic uh, perspective. I'm, I'm actually trained myself in uh, international relations and diplomacy. Wow. And one of the things that, that, you know, that, that we, we learned is the importance of what they call IBD or international business diplomacy, mm-hmm. you know, where you, know, you, you really look at your diplomats and you say, listen, your job right here is to make sure that you can get the best business deals for Zimbabwe. Mm. Th- that's
1: the important part. Maybe, well, we, we were asked at that there's been talk about foreign direct investment, but what, 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 you know, attracting investors. What kind of investment does Zimbabwe need mm. between now and maybe the end of this year? The most critical investment, what kind of investment? It, it,
0: between now and the end of this year, yes. be, uh, so you're talking about the post-election period yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, as well. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the thing. We need all kinds of investment. We need to be able to open up our uh, space so that people can actually feel confident to come and uh, invest and in, in, you know, create uh, companies so that we can have jobs. So we need all kinds of investment. We need people, we need money, we need everything. You know? But let me uh, uh, segue into this. The idea that uh, you know, people will just come and bring money and we sign all these mega deals And run in debt. Yeah, and (laughs) and run up our debt again, Mm -hmm. you know, is really not thinking straight. This is one of the reasons why we need the conversation with the Zimbabwean people, hard conversation, and say, look, we're not necessarily going to accept everything that looks like help that is offered to Zimbabwe we are going to be very judicious and we're going to sit down there and think through how does this deal work for our good. So there are a lot of build and operate and transfer deals that have been signed by African countries where a country like China comes in and gets this deal and is building a highway. They build it, uh, but they bring all the people that build from China. They bring their wheelbarrows, they import all the materials that you need uh, from their own countries and so on. They operate it, in, in other words, they make money from it for throughout the life of that uh, mm-hmm. deal. And then they transfer it to you uh, when, in fact, uh, now it actually needs to be rebuilt. We have a history in this country of a government that has made bad deal after bad deal after bad deal, hence Chiad's <laughs> 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 yeah, so when it comes to investment, you've got to have people who know what they're talking about and who are very, very serious in terms of engaging uh, with our partners to make sure that it advantages right. our country. On the
1: day that you launched your manifesto, mm-hmm. uh, MDC Vice President, uh, that's uh, Vacha mm-hmm. he said, President Trump, President of the United States, Mr. Trump, you, you promised them $15 billion. Uh, to run the economy if and when they win the election. Mm-hmm. And there's been talk about some other people were saying maybe Zimbabwe needs $100 billion to recover the economy. Mm-hmm. In your assessment, how much do we need to resuscitate this badly damaged economy? Well, you know what, putting those
0: numbers, uh, you know, again, it goes back to what I just said earlier. You really have to be very careful about, um, and you know what, I'm not uh, necessarily addressing what uh, Chamisa said because they've made their own assessment, you know, and they're having their conversations. That's not us. But here's what I truly believe. If you build a truly democratic uh, environment where there's a predictable business environment and you have leaders of integrity, the money that you need will come in, (laughs) you know. Whatever you need will come in. If people can trust the investment climate, the money that you need will come in. If you make common sense policy, investment policy, the money will come in. If you have the rule of law, the money will come in. So, I, you know, I'm not going to go out there and, and, and entice people to support me because I say, well, you know, I know that we need uh, how many billions we need uh, to do it. All I'm saying is, allow the Zimbabwean people to participate freely and fairly in the election, have common sense policies, remove all these ridiculous um, uh, laws that we have and make people feel confident that they can invest in Zimbabwe. And by the way, the one group that we really have to make sure feels comfortable about investing in, in Zimbabwe is the citizen of Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And those people who are in the informal sector have to feel like they're going to be supported. There's going to be inflows of capital that are going to come, that are going to be available for the guy who at CSO is making window frames and doors. So it's not just, look, we're not opening this up for the sake of people who are outside, uh, I mean, Mm non-Zimbabweans, who want to invest. We're opening this up for Zimbabweans to work in partnership with those people who would come in here and invest in good faith.
1: All right, quickly, um, election and violence. In your campaign trails, have you encountered any form of violence? Have you been intimidated, your members?
0: Well, you know, I was very disturbed this morning uh, because I was kind of happy that uh, up to now, uh, you know, we we were not going through difficulties uh, as far as that is concerned. But I was disturbed this morning. I mean, we've had uh, some people beaten up uh, before uh, the November incident. But uh, I was hoping that we have gone past that. But I got a message this morning, actually, that there are some of our people in Glenora who are being uh, uh, terrorized by Zanupia people. members of your, yes, your members party. Yes, members of our party. Yeah. And uh, you know what? That is really, really unfortunate and something that we condemn in the strongest of terms. And I hope it is not going to uh, escalate. All
1: right. Um, if you were to give me one thing that you like about Zanupia and MDC,
0: Nah, that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to campaign for Zanubia for the MPC. Just They're, one, Dr. Manu. No, just one I, thing no, that no. you think maybe they, they've done right? No no, 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 that's not my job. Mm-hmm. That's not my job. You know, my, my job is to converse, uh for the Zimbabwean people to be given the absolute best chance mm-hmm. uh, to participate in uh, determining the direction of their country and building it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not here to... Uh, you
1: know, I'm not here to... some No. no okay, no. fine. If
0: you if you were to ask me, okay, now le- le- let me say this. <laughs> if you were to ask me and say in the last 37 years, are there some things that have happened which have benefited the Zimbabwean people? Of course, I mean, you know, you, you can't say everything, everything that has happened bad. in the, te- the last 37 years has been bad. No, you you can't. You, you you can't say that. So look, and some of the things which were absolutely justified in our country, say, you know, land reform. Um the, the reason why some of us have difficulties with uh, the, the way land reform, uh, with, with, with it is the way it was it done. Was done. <laughs> it's not land reform itself. And we don't begrudge those people who had legitimate need for land, who were given land. But the idea that you kill anyone who owns a farm uh, or you send some people to, to set things on fire and so on, that is wrong. One. Two, the idea... That this continues becoming being a racial thing up to now, farmers,
1: black farmers. Yeah, Mm.
0: that's ridiculous, and we condemn that in the strongest uh, of terms. So you know, but the. the people need land? Of course there are people who need land. So you support land land reform? Of course, you know, but I don't support the way it was done. You Mm -hmm. know, it could have been done differently. And uh, going forward, I think we have to speedily get to a point where this is not a racial thing. You know, you're not a good farmer because you're black. Mm -hmm. You're not a good farmer because you're white. You're a good farmer because you're competent in farming. And we need to make sure that we have uh, the people uh, who, who know how to farm getting the farms. You don't become a good farmer because you're a government minister. You know, you don't become a good farmer because you're you are a whatever a
1: top civil servant. You okay. have access to this. So, all right, in just one minute, Doctor Manika, sell yourself to the to the people of Zimbabwe. Why should they vote for uh, Doctor Noah Manika as an individual? Mm-hmm. Why should they? Speak to my Gogo who is in, 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 in Mount Darwin
0: there. <laughs> Speak to her right now. Yeah, I, I would say to your Gogo who is in Mount uh, Darwin that, uh, yeah, I'm your son. <laughs> 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 and, and, and you know, uh, th- th- that may sound like a joke, but I, it is high time that the people of Zimbabwe started entrusting their future in their children, mm-hmm. you know, in their sons, in those people who they have invested in. You know, all our parents have invested a lot in our education. The one important thing for a Zimbabwean family. Uh, sometimes even beyond having food is making sure that your children have gotten a, an education. So make your investment worthwhile. Vote for the children that you have invested in and who you know uh, actually you know have the competencies and skills uh, and you know to do the things that we need in this country. And I want to believe I'm one of them. Look, you know the way that I sell myself is not by saying I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing. Uh, That And it's it's so prideful to say that. There are many Zimbabweans out there who are competent enough. And there are many Zimbabweans who are even presenting themselves uh, who are competent enough. Look, democracy is about you deciding from a plate of choices. Who do I think is the best person? So we have done our work. We have presented our manifesto. I'm here talking about my ideas. If you like my ideas, vote for me. If you think I would not be good for this country, don't vote for me. <laughs> you know, but if you, if you believe that the ideas I have presented, and if you also believe that the, some of the things that I've addressed, which are true, you know, are true, <laughs> you hey. know, uh, then make the choice, make the right choice and vote.
1: <laughs> so, there we have it. Uh, that's the Biza. The Biza is spoken. Uh, the white horse, as he calls himself, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not the dark horse. Yeah, that's Dr. Noah Manika. He was sharing with us uh, his ideologies, his his manifesto, his plans for for, for the elections, what he wants to offer the the nation, his hopes for the nation, his aspirations for the nation. There you have it. If you feel like you want to vote for him, there's the man, there's the visa, there's the the white horse. That's the program, the, the, the the road to 2018 elections. If you'd like to take part in this program... Remember to go on a social media platform. That's a 26% on Twitter, a 26 chat on Facebook, or get in touch with me uh, on, my, on, on my line. That's 771 666 If you think you have got any discussion to talk about from, from this interview, uh, don't hesitate to use the hashtag that we are using, zimvods 18 That's the program. My name is Love Jim Tunguza. Join me in other programs. And now, and now. Capital 263.